welcome back to the BAT Podcast. I'm Howard Swig, and we've got a great episode lined up for today, so let's dive right in. I'm super excited to welcome Courtney Cutchin Frisk to the show. Courtney is a professional automotive photographer and Bay Area car enthusiast. She is responsible for some of the all-time great photos you see in the car world today. These range from auto media to fancy auction house catalogs, and yes, of course, many memorable BAT auction listings. So Courtney, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Super pumped to chat with you today. So uh, according to your user profile, which is Miss Courtney May, that says you photographed 31 cars for BAT, but actually you've probably done a lot more than that. I think maybe we just started keeping track 31 listings ago. I think so, because there were times I had shot cars prior to that kind of user profile being created. And I know that there are cars that slipped through the cracks, you know, five years ago or so. Totally. There's some memorable ones on there. Uh, you did you did bring a trailer's uh, 300 SL Mercedes. Uh, that was back in the spring of 19. Um, you did most recently the Bonneville Land Speed Record car. What was that like? That was... That was bizarre and fun and interesting. Um, I helped them dismantle the whole thing to shoot all of the panels off of the, the car. I helped them put everything back on. So I, for the day, was a photographer slash minor pit crew member in a way. Um, and pushing that thing around was definitely a challenge. So it was it was really interesting. Yeah, for, for people listening, this is a, this is, I mean, calling it a car is kind of, is kind of maybe even a stretch. I mean, this was a 400 mile an hour piston engined, uh, rock, literal rocket ship. Uh, that thing was on wheels. It's not like you like fire it up and move it around. You just pushed it around this guy's warehouse or what? Yeah, just pushed it. No power to its own, uh, movement. It was, it was on, um, kind of like these dollies on the front and back. And literally, if you've seen it, it is like a missile. Like that's something you would think would be shot into the air um, is how it looks anyway. So there's no way we could have started it because it just would have, it doesn't work like that with that kind of vehicle. Um, it's not like you're in a Corvette and you can just boop, 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 you know, four point turn it. Um, it doesn't work that way. So it took coordination. There were cars around it while we were shooting. So we had to be mindful of that. We had to move everything out of the oh, God. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a challenge, but it was fun. That's awesome. So yeah, give us, uh, Courtney, give us a little background on kind of your story, um, what you do and, and kind of how you got into uh, car photography in the first place. Yeah. So um, kind of like you said, I'm an automotive photographer. I, I mostly dabble in I guess automotive photojournalism is what I like to call it. Um, most often I'm shooting at the racetrack or shooting auctions and it kind of spans all over the map, but I've been doing that for about 10 years now. The, the career part of it was a sort of natural culmination of my interest in photography and then my interest in cars completely separately. So it, Mostly started in high school when I took an auto shop class, which is where I met my husband, ultimately. Um, and at the time, I was really into photography, just kind of casually photographing animals, whatever was around. And once I started to learn about the actual 
inner workings of cars and saw them for more than just being these really pretty things that get us from point A to point B. Um, that's, that's when I really started to get interested in them in that way of, oh, well, maybe this is something I want to do. Like, maybe I combine these two things. I can hopefully make a business out of it. Um, and I, I didn't really know where it was going to lead me. So it was a little bit of a shot in the dark, but um, over the last 10 years, I've managed to shoot some really cool stuff. So it's, it's been fun. Yeah, no, that, that's for sure. So, so yeah, what, what, um, what cars do you like personally? You know, what, what do you, what do you own and drive in your free time? So if you follow me on any kind of social media platform, you know that I'm a huge Datsun nerd and a huge BMW nerd. So um, combined, my husband and I have, I think like 10 cars um, and then a few motorcycles on the side, but most of it is old Datsuns, old BMWs. We've got a 2000 Touring. Um, I've got my 240Z. My husband has his 510s. So that's that's it. We're we're old car people. <laughs> that is awesome. You mentioned your social. Is, is that your Instagram? What's your Instagram handle if people want to follow along? Yeah, it's Miss Courtney May. Exactly the way it sounds. M I S S C O U R T N E Y M A E. Awesome. So yeah, same as your same as your B A T handle. That's that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned auto shop class. So can can you turn wrenches too? Are you um, are you handy uh, uh, fixing cars as well? Um, I, I can do some, you know, I change my own oil, I do spark plugs, whatever. Um, I, I wouldn't trust myself to, you know, pull an engine out and then put it back in without any issues. But, um, anytime my husband works on his own stuff all the time. So if there's something I can learn or something I can lend a hand with, he's really good about showing me, Hey, here's how you can do this yourself. So I kind of try to take it a proactive approach when it comes to stuff like that. Cause women, you know, typically don't really get close to that knowledge on their own. You know, they have to kind of seek it out. No, that's terrific. Um, So yeah, I mean, a ton of people are, you know, as hobbyists are interested in car photography or or photography of other sorts, but uh, you've, you know, obviously gone the extra step and you've made a very successful uh, living out of it. So what's, what's your week to week like? Are you week to week like, are you uh, on the road shooting cars five days out of the week or depends on the season? What, uh, tell us about that. Um, it really depends. So excluding the last year because of COVID, um, cause that turned everything upside down. Uh, a typical year is, is kind of unpredictable. I think that anyone who works as a freelancer probably knows the struggle of one week you're wondering when you're going to get work. And then the next week you have way too much work. Like it's, <laughs> it never seems to quite perfectly balance itself, but in a normal year I have a list of events. So I might be shooting Pebble Beach, Rolex Reunion, you know, the whole circuit of Monterey Car Week. Um, I'm usually doing some kind of press car event with manufacturers. Um, And then in addition to that, it's a bunch of auction house stuff and then any editorial stuff that comes up. So most most of the week I am shooting. Um, I try to allot, you know, one to two days a week for just editing at home so that I can catch up and not let it pile up. Interesting. So what, do you like all of those equally? I imagine some of the auction house gigs are, are those often, you know, this car, the catalogs go into press in five days and we can sign this car and we need it shot tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, auction stuff is pretty deadline intensive. There have been instances where I've had to shoot five cars in a day and then turn around 
that night and have previews ready, um, which might not sound like it's that big of a deal, but it can be it can be a lot when you're traveling, you know, an hour there shooting all the cars in one day and then getting home. Then you've got all these files to sort through. So, um, yeah, when you've got tight deadlines, it can be a challenge. I bet. So you, you, you have your, I'm sure your kind of uh, uh, regular clients, um, but I imagine you get kind of the one-off calls, referrals, stuff like that. So I, I bet you have uh, some pretty crazy on-site photo shoot stories over the last 10 years. I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there have been some interesting ones. Um, what are, we really, talking, are we talking like like micromanaging owners who want to who, who they oh, want to be their own professional photographer once you show up or, or, oh, or what? oh yeah I've dealt with numerous people who I'm not quite sure why they hired me because they seem to know exactly what they want so like maybe they should do it themselves uh that kind of a thing but I've dealt from you know people like that to people who hire me and I show up to shoot the car and it's filthy. You know, they haven't vacuumed it. They haven't washed it. And I'm just kind of left wondering why I'm there. Um, there have been instances where the car was advertised as running under its own power when lo and behold, it does not run under its own power. So that requires me to push it, um, which, which can be tough if it's a really big, heavy car. Um, and then I've had cars, you know, die in the middle of a San Francisco street and we're scrambling to try to get it out of the way. So, you know, it can be stressful if things don't go according to plan, which with old cars, there's a chance it won't. <laughs> totally. So, um, yeah, I, I'd love to hear about some of your uh, favorite cars you've shot in the past. Uh, we, we talked about for BAT, uh, the 300 SL, the Bonneville speed car. Uh, you shot a, a red Toyota 2000 GT for us a few years back. You did uh, that mini beach car, which was super awesome. Um, so yeah, what's been some of the favorites over the years? Well, you actually just listed a lot of them. Um, that 2000 GT was really phenomenal. That was that was an interesting experience because I shot it in a dealership showroom, which was strange. And it was late at night. It was like nine or 10 o'clock at night. So it was not the the normal shoot setup that I would. Oh man, usually usually dealer showroom is like death knell for the good photos, right? But but you made it work uh, brilliantly. Yeah, no, and they the the owner of the car and the dealership staff they were ready to make it work. They were like, "Look, we're going to clear this whole room for you. If you need this move, let us know." They were really accommodating, um, and the fact that it was shot at night, it, it kind of made the car pop more than it would have during the day, maybe, um, just because it was that really brilliant red color. So it worked well. You, you, we were chatting earlier, you had mentioned that mini beach car. That was a, that was a fun shoot. And I know the owner was cool. How did that all go down? That is one of my all-time favorite shoots. The car itself was cool, but I think that my experience with the owner was, like, unparalleled. Um, her name was Mary. You know, she's... She's a, an older woman who, you know, just has her cars and loves her cars, treats them like her babies. Um, and it was really fantastic. I connected with her via Bring a Trailer. We set up a day. I went up to her house in Calistoga and I essentially spent the whole day with her kind of becoming friends. Like we had lunch together. We sat and talked about her family background, how her father had a, a dealership in the Midwest and, you know, they, they brought this mini beach car in kind of as a promotional market feeler. 
and the car had been in her family ever since. So it had only ever been in their care. And she had all of these photos from, you know, decades of her family riding around in it on their property and just like the nostalgia and the character that she was able to show through those photos was really incredible. And the fact that she was a woman, it, you know, it, it made it easier for me to connect because there's, you know, there's not a whole lot of us doing this stuff. So made it interesting. Totally. Let's be honest. Uh, a lot of this car stuff is mostly dudes. Um, so no, <laughs> yeah. that, that's, uh, that's super cool. Um, have you had experiences? Like I'm, I'm sure you've shot some, I know you shot like a, a, a big block Cobra and either for BAT or, or other, uh, uh, other customers. Do you sometimes have owners that are like, all right, here's the car. Like here's tossing the keys to my, you know, McLaren F1. I got to go to lunch. So just, you know, have a good time. And presumably there's some scenarios where uh, you have to rely on your own uh, knowledge about how to work uh, a million different types of cars uh, when you're on site. Yeah, um, that that exact thing, not with a McLaren, but that exact scenario happens to me fairly often. Like for me, I'm used to shooting more of the classic cars. So anything, if you can call 80s classic, anything 80s and older is typically what I'm doing. But I'll show up to a shoot where I'm maybe going to document an Aston Martin, like, Vantage Black Edition or something. And the guy's like, here's the key. I'll be back in two hours. And I'm, like, Googling, how do I do this? What is this? Like, you know, I'm, I'm not used to all of these cars. So it does require a little bit of legwork for me to prep and, and understand what I'm going to be shooting beforehand, especially if I'm being left alone. Well, that's probably a dual-edged sword. I mean, that, that's totally the type of owner you want, just like not breathing down your neck, just let me do my thing. Like you go away for three hours and I will, you know, uh, I'll do it. But then, you know, you got to fire it up. It doesn't start, you know, the thing's 60 years old. Uh, you know, you've never been in one before. So I imagine that's presented some uh, maybe stressful and challenging situations. It has, yeah. Like, um, I'm trying to think. I, I think one of the cars I was more nervous about being left with was uh, a Cobra 427 that I shot for Bring a Trailer. Um, and the, the owner was super casual. He was like, here's the key. He just assumed I knew what I was doing too, which was like the cool part. It, it was the opposite of, oh, well, it's a manual transmission. Can you drive that? Are you a, are, are you familiar with that? So it was nice to have that complete opposite experience but then at the same time I'm like oh my god what if it doesn't start like what what if I get stuck somewhere doing you know so there's concerns but I typically have good communication with the owners who are going to do that that kind of a setup for a shoot where I'm like hey I need to be able to get a hold of you just in case and usually they're okay with that no, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, big block supercharged uh, Cobra, uh, or not supercharged, I don't think on that one, but that, that's a car, like, that, that'll that scare the shit out of you if you don't know, you know, if you're not prepared for whatever, let the clutch out too fast, and uh, especially if you're moving it around in uh, uh, in tight quarters. No, that's, uh, that's super funny. Yeah, yeah, and most of those cars, you know, I've never driven before. I'm, I'm used to driving the, the cars I have, my husband's cars, our friends' cars, all of which tend to be, you know, Datsuns or BMWs or old Fords or something um, like trucks and stuff like that. So uh, it's a learning curve. And I'd lie if I was saying I wasn't nervous, you know, half the time. So, you know, we have uh, a ton of people in our community um, have a lot of interest in, in photography just from 
you know, kind of casual hobbyist to, um, to people trying to, you know, do more what you're doing. So what, you know, what advice for, for young people, um, getting into photography would you have? Like it's not only young, you know, for, for, for the youngs and the olds, what, what, would you, what would you tell them, uh, based on your experience, if you want to, uh, you know, make a run at, at doing it as a career? Yeah. Yeah. Photography is for everyone. doesn't really matter how old you are, uh, which is the cool part. So, um, I, I hate to be that person, but in this day and age, social media really is everything. Uh, so if you don't have an Instagram, if you don't have a Twitter, if you don't have a website, it's really wise to get those things up and going. Um, share your work. Just that's it. Just share, um, shoot consistently, practice, talk to other photographers. You know, don't, don't be that person who emails and is like, has a bullet list of, you know, 80 things, you know, what do you do for this? How much do you charge? What is this? You know, photographers tend to not want to receive messages like that. But if you engage with people in the community in a way that says, hey, I'm here to learn. I love your work. I'm inspired by you. Um, how do I how do I step into this? Uh, people are usually receptive to that. So to me, it's about communication, um, really presenting the best of what you can produce, but also not being concerned with perfection because that's a tricky situation to get stuck in. Um, and the last thing is networking too. You know, go to events, go to the racetrack, go to car meets, talk to people. Um, if you're just starting out, if you walk up to someone, you know, who has their Camaro sitting there at a show and are like, hey, would you be interested in a shoot sometime? Like, I, I love your car. Most of the time they're going to say yes, because who doesn't want photos of their car? Um, and that's that's kind of how I started out. You know, I went to a show. I think the first car I shot was an E30. Uh, it was like a bagged E30 that I'm still friends with the owner to this day, even though he doesn't have the car anymore. So um, stuff like that works. You just have to talk to people and and just be open. Totally. So what, what, what were you doing before, um, before you were Miss Courtney May? Uh, I was in high school. <laughs> I graduated in 2011. So, um, oh gosh, that sounds so long ago now, but, uh, it, it was kind of right out of school. Honestly, I, I did some college. I, I tried to pursue photography in college and I found that the classroom environment just didn't work for me. Um, and in addition, I was the only one shooting cars and people were confused by that. Like they didn't understand, like we'd have portfolio review days and everyone would have photos of their, their kids or their dogs or, you know, a beautiful sunset landscape. And then a, a photo of a 510 would pop up and they'd be like, what the, what is this? <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know? Um, so it just wasn't really conducive to how I learned. So, uh, just, no, that's great. That's great. Yeah. And yeah, and no, I love what you said as far as getting started, like, yeah, just, just put your content out there. I, I feel, especially in this day and age, uh, with how uh, great and wonderful presentation on, on social media is, photo and video, like cars, especially classic cars have never been cooler, right? Like, yeah, like the, the ability to experience cars through social media has never been more awesome. Um, and more accessible, frankly. Um, yeah. So, like, what, what, uh, who, who do you follow? What are your, uh, who do you think is putting out great stuff? Oh my gosh. Um, well, 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 I guess I'd phrase that differently. Like, do you, like, are you ever impressed by? 
photography of cars that other people do? Are you ever like, oh damn, like that that guy or gal, like he nailed that, like that's that's the shit? Or are you like, I mean, are you impressed by other people's work, or or is it hard to impress you? Oh no, and I am so easily impressed, which is a little embarrassing to admit, but like. I, every day I go on Instagram and I scroll and I'm just like, how, like, how are these people so talented? It's insane. Um, I follow a lot of actually film photographers who do a lot of car work. Uh, and that, that actually is insanely impressive to me because it, it takes this whole other element, right? Everyone is used to digital nowadays. Um, but when you photograph cars with an analog platform, that really takes like another dimension to do um, another set of skills to really do successfully. So I'm constantly finding photographers who I'm like, I can't believe that they're so good and that they're not, you know, a hundred thousand followers plus, which is the other thing that's important to remember about social media is your followers. That's not an indication of your talent. Um, So when I push the social media thing, I say that with the mindset of, do it for yourself and for your own goals and intentions and not for, you know, validation from random people on the internet. Yeah, no, well said. So in, in, in the, uh, the automotive photographer world, is it like a whole underworld? Like, do you, I bet you probably know all the, you know, all the Courtney's uh, all around the, the country. Or do you guys, uh, you know, have a, a little fraternity sorority of sorts? Uh, what's, what's that dynamic? <laughs> Um, yeah, you can maybe call it a sorority. Um, I follow like, you know, a a good couple dozen women photographers who are specifically car focused. Um, like Adri Law, she's down in LA. She does a lot of Harley Davidson classic cars. Um, she just got an old Falcon. So she's been posting stuff about that, you know, pulling the engine out, restoring all of that stuff. Um, And then there's women like Becky Evans in the UK. I'm sure you're familiar with her. Um, She's a total badass. And like anything she does is instantly like I'm, my eyes are on it because she's, you know, these women are so talented and they have so much to say. And in an industry that's very male dominated, their voices, sometimes it takes a little bit more to get their voices pushed through, but they are just as worthy of being listened to and taken seriously as anybody else, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a little group of us who kind of behind the scenes are DMing each other and sharing inspiration and stuff like that. That's great. And Hey, when, when you get an opportunity, I mean, the the work speaks for itself, right? If, If you're, if you're putting out, um, you know, an excellent product, then, uh, people are going to take notice. I'd love to ask you, um, kind of advice for sellers that shoot their own car on BAT. Uh, you know, we got a lot of auctions every week. We have, uh, we are able to uh, help sellers get their car photographed by sending a pro photographer to them. Um, some uh, guys and gals know uh, kind of the real creme de la creme like yourself and we'll give you a call and have you come shoot it. Um, but a lot of, uh, a lot of people, you know, take it upon themselves to do it. And most of the time it works out very well. So what, um, what advice would you give to people that, uh, whether it's for BAT or, or, or something else, um, for shooting their own car? Yeah. They got to get it clean first. That's number one. What was that? They, they got to clean it up first. Oh. <laughs> yeah, definitely have a clean car. Uh, and that means you vacuum your carpets, you clean the engine bay, you do everything. Because 
the the amount of Photoshop vacuuming that I've had to do on interiors is is really devastating. Um, but if you're going to do it yourself, um, whether or not you have quote unquote professional gear is not necessarily the most important part. Um, what I would say is that location is a really big deal and lighting is a really big deal. So do not go out at high noon with a black car that maybe has some scratches in the paint um, because it's not going to present the best way that it could present. As if, you know, if you shot it at 12 noon versus 4 or 5 p.m. in that really soft, creamy, golden light hour, um, you're going to get a much different result. So really take care of the lighting that you're shooting in. And then as far as locations go, aim for something that is nice to look at, but not distracting. You know, you want it to be, if anything, mildly complimentary for the car. Um, that means no garbage cans in the background, no crowded parking lots. Um, you, you just, you want to make sure that that car is front and center. And that's what the viewers are focused on. You don't want them looking, oh, is that, is that, you know, this building in San Francisco or is that, you know, that's not the point. The point is to sell the car, which is the product. Um, so a clean, uh, aesthetically pleasing background that's not too distracting is ideal. Totally. No, we see, we see some people come through and they did everything right, but it's like, but you parked your car underneath the basketball hoop and, you know, <laughs> everything else is, is killer, but you know, you, you, you need to move it back five feet. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, scouting locations. I mean, uh, obviously if you get a local car, you're very familiar with, with kind of your favorite places to shoot. Um, if you get a job, like when you did five, when you did that job, you did five cars in a day. Uh, maybe you had to shoot some of those in the middle of the day at high noon. How did that work? Uh, is you, you aim for, for kind of, uh, dawn and dusk is ideal. Yeah. So I think it depends on the job. Um, that instance that I mentioned specifically was all of these cars for one seller. So they all had to be done in the same day. And so when we were looking at, um, when we were looking at it in terms of consistency, all of these cars were being presented as one lot. So we had to think, okay, well, the light's going to be different all day long. Do we want that or do we want to shoot in an indoor setting, maybe like a shop or a warehouse where we have artificial lighting? We can make everything look the exact same way. So you, you have choices like that to make based on your options. Um, so for those five cars, we did shoot them indoors. So no one was any the wiser in terms of, you know, when they were shot. We had a guy who sold his 65 uh, GT350 Fastback Mustang, and he was located in Hawaii, so we were having some trouble hooking him up with a photographer. So he shot the whole car on his iPhone, uh, yeah. and the car was great. Uh, it sold, had an excellent result, and he made it work. Um, can you make it work? Can you pull it off? With, and, and what do they call him now? An iPhoneographer, right? Does that... <laughs> Does that work or is that, is that a little sketch? Um, you have to be careful, but it works. I, I personally think that it works because the way that I've used my phone to shoot things, sometimes I don't even use the DSLR or the 35 millimeter camera that I have with me because I got carried away using my iPhone. So that shows you what the phones are capable of and what the technology can do now. Um, not to say that it discounts professional photographers in any way because it, it doesn't, but if that's what you have to work with, you can totally make an iPhone work. You just, 
Be careful that you're not blowing out highlights or letting things get swallowed up in shadows. Um, that's the kind of stuff you want to really watch out for. But in terms of things like focus, I mean, with a phone, you're not going to really miss focus if you're shooting a stationary car and trying to get interior photos. You know, everything is going to be clear. So it eliminates some of the risk involved if you're doing it yourself and you're not, you know, a professional. Interesting. No, I'm glad you mentioned equipment because I definitely wanted to ask you about that. So uh, uh, admittedly, I don't know much about photography or, or camera equipment. So maybe that makes me a, a, a perfect uh, uh, interviewer for the subject. But um, yeah, I, I, think, I think folks would love to know kind of what you use, what, what's, in, what's in your camera bag and, and what's, your, uh, what's your setup? Yeah, so for auctions specifically, um, I usually show up, I shoot all Nikon. So that might start a war between Canon and Nikon users. But um, I have my D850, which is a full frame DSLR. Um, it allows me to shoot in raw format, which is basically just the file format that has the most digital information available. So it's the most manipulatable. If manipulatable? Don't know if that's a word. Um, I think it's a word. It's a word, it's a word I was It's the most easily manipulated in terms of putting it into software like Lightroom or Photoshop. Um, Let's say I shoot something, you know, that is really underexposed. I just pop that into Lightroom, bring up the exposure, and it looks good. Um, so I have the, anyway, the D850 is my main shooter. Um, I've got a couple backup cameras, like a D750. Um, and then in terms of lenses, I don't really have a huge arsenal. I have uh, 85 millimeter prime 50 millimeter prime, 35 millimeter, a lot of prime lenses, um, just because that's my own personal preference. I like the way prime glass shoots. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. That's, that's all that's really necessary for me to get a job done. I don't, I don't usually utilize a lot of artificial light. Natural light is kind of my jam. So, uh, I travel pretty light. Oh man, we got a number of BAT staffers that are into photography, and I, if they were here, they'd be like asking all these follow-up questions for everything you just said. Um, all of that, all of those uh, uh, lenses you just mentioned, I have no idea what that stuff means. But but people listening uh, who are into photography, I'm sure that they do. So is that to say that you'll you'll roll with two or three lenses max, and and that's that's all you need to to make it happen? Um, yeah, for the most part, because right when you're shooting an auction. The goal is to represent the car in the most honest way, but also in the way that makes it look the most appealing. So there's a balance to strike there for sure. But um, I don't necessarily need, you know, 10 lenses to choose from. I can show up with one lens that I'm going to shoot or let's say one to two lenses that I'm going to shoot all of the exterior for. And then maybe another one to two for the interior trunk, engine bay, underside. Uh, that kind of thing. So I, I just need the focal lengths that are going to most accurately represent the car in an image and not distort it. So, you know, I'm not going to choose a 24 millimeter lens to shoot the exterior because it's going to bubble the car. It's going to completely distort it. But if I pick something like a 50 millimeter or an 85 millimeter, or, you know, 200 millimeter, whatever, um, the car is going to translate a lot better in that image. So it's, it's all about the kind of the thought process leading up to what lenses you're actually going to bring with you. Cool. And I'm sure like in any uh, carefully honed craft, uh, you know, equip, equipment is one part of the puzzle, but obviously talent 
and honing your skill is uh, is another. Um, so it, with photography, how does it work? Like if, if someone who knew nothing about shooting cars, for example, went out and bought whatever the absolute best equipment was, do, can that make that person look like a hero? Or, or do, you, do you need to know what you're doing uh, despite if you got the $20,000 camera with you? Um, that I don't think it's going to make you look like a hero in the way that that person wants to be seen as a hero. Uh, I'm a firm believer that you do not need the most expensive gear. You do not need the newest gear. You need whatever you are familiar with or comfortable with using. And you need to just, just shoot in a way that works for you. Don't get caught up with, well, you know, I, I have, you know, my camera's four years old. You know, is it just unusable now? No, it's not. It's not because... The quality of the gear, it's not like when the new thing comes out, your old gear is just obsolete. That's not how it works. It's not, you know, an iPhone where the new one comes out and you need the new one. Um, and most of the time when people do kind of flex with their gear, they go out and buy the most expensive thing. Chances are they don't know how to use it. And That's like the number one sign that they're, that, they're, that they're not at the top of their game. Absolutely. Yeah. It shows me, okay, well, you want to, you want to bring your camera to the car meet and you, you know, you just got a new Leica and you're like, oh, look, this is my, you know, $15,000 camera that I barely know how to use. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But you, do you need it? You don't, you really don't. So, and that's fine. But, um, the idea that you need really expensive equipment to make good photographs is a complete lie. It's totally true. Yeah, it's kind of like if you go to a track day or something, and 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 it's uh, beginners and anything are great because you you need it for whatever the hobby is. But you know the person that wants to put on the stickiest tires and dial up his turbo to the highest setting for the most power, it's like no, dude. You know you need to start you know in a Miata on street tires and learn how to drive first. So it's kind of a similar similar uh, philosophy, right? Exactly. But yeah, that, that's a perfect perfect representation for it. So you had mentioned uh, 2020, obviously, uh, uh, in your world, uh, a lot of stuff slowed down. Is that is that bouncing back um, uh, now that we're in the spring? What, what are you doing the rest of the year? Um, well, as far as my schedule for the year goes, it is kind of in the air, but I am seeing some positive signs that things are coming back. So that's good. Um, I really think that it's going to depend on, you know, the vaccine rollout in terms of events. Last year was the first year I didn't shoot a single event. Actually, no, that's a lie. In January and February, I shot two events, one each month, and then everything shut down. Um, so for me, I'm, I'm used to covering events and in-person gatherings and, and races and stuff like that. So to go a whole year without that was really surreal and kind of kind of, um, kind of shakes you a little bit. Cause it's like, you're used to doing this thing for so many years and suddenly it's all gone. So I see promising signs that those are going to be coming back this year, but to what extent, I don't really know. Um, I'm sure that if, if worst comes to worst, it's going to be, you know, press only and there won't really be spectators or, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, so I'm just kind of playing it by ear in terms of that and waiting to see what happens. Totally. And, and as you look forward, thinking about building, building your business and your brand, uh, I mean, you're, you're only one person, so you can only, you know, do so much in a day, a week and a month. What, what, uh, do you have any grand plans for, um, for the future and what you want, uh, uh, what you want your business to become, or is it you, you taking it, you taking it week by week? 
Um, if you had asked me that question a year and a half ago, I probably would have had a different answer. But uh, COVID has really, I think, forced a lot of people, especially in the creative industry, to focus on, okay, what can I achieve now? And what is reasonable for me to set as a goal? So for me right now, honestly, it's just it is taking it week by week and month by month and just waiting to see how things change and how they come back. Um, I would love to go to press events again. I'd love to get in a press car. I'd love to go to a race again. You know, those are the things that really fulfill me. And in, in the grand scheme, I would like to do more motorsport photography. So maybe that means going to Europe and, you know, covering a circuit there. Um, but for right now, I, it's just, it's so bizarre, the world that we're living in. So I'm just waiting for more stability to really be able to tell. Totally. And so you guys got your, you guys got your 510s and your 2002s. Um, are you guys planning to do any, any driving events this year? Uh, you have any time to, to do that stuff? Um, in terms of driving events, outside of things, you know, like going on cruises with friends or maybe like the, the breakfast club rally, I'd really like to do that soon. Um, not no, nothing too spectacular, really. Um, we're just as as the car meets come back. I'm sure we'll be we'll be out there more frequently. But for now, we're just kind of you know putzing around town in our our old cars. Awesome. Well, no, you uh, you, you and us both. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, Courtney, this has been this has been uh, awesome to talk to you. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, if folks want to check you out, uh, Miss Courtney May on Instagram. What else? You got you got a little clubhouse following, some Twitter, or is it Instagram your main jam? Um, Instagram's for sure the main jam. Um, I have a website too, which is more of a an official portfolio. You can contact me, you can see some of the stuff I've done, and that's just CourtneyCutchinPhotography.com. Awesome. Um, thank you again. Uh, good luck, and we'll see you. We'll see you out there this year. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me.